Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Really amazing to have you here. Well, it's so cool to see our 8.30 service so full. Give yourselves a round of applause for waking up early. Come on. So over the last two Sundays that Mark has been ministering somewhere else, he has given me the privilege of preaching. Um, And so one of two things are happening. Either I'm the substitute, which is possible, or alternatively, I'm the power player. You know, I'm the guy that they put in when they really need a little bit of uh, a little bit of go. So I'll leave that up to you guys to decide. Is that all right? Uh, but uh, uh, my name is Tyler. I'm part of the team here at Life Changes. That is my incredible wife, Kate. We have been married for nine months, two days ago, which is really, really exciting. Today is the 11th, the 9th is on Friday, and I didn't buy her flowers, so I'm in trouble. That's fine, um, but really amazing. So before we get stuck in this morning, we are in the middle of a series called um, The Gift, which is a series focusing around the Holy Spirit. But before we do that, I want to teach you guys something this morning. Is that all right? Everyone okay? Okay, I'm going to teach you guys something. And, and it was first introduced to us by our amazing worship leader this morning, Louise, which is really exciting. But I want to teach you guys a term that we, we, we kind of coining here at Life Changes. It goes something like this. Okay, are you ready? Because I'm going to need you to do it as well. So are you ready? Okay, it goes like this. Come on, somebody. Okay. Okay, now I'm going to count us down from three, and then I want to hear your best. Come on, somebody. Okay. One, two, three. So you can use that in any context you like. When someone brings a powerful word, you can just, come on, somebody. Okay? You can use that during a sermon if someone's brought a, a bad point, because you can like, please, come on, do better. Or alternatively, you can use it during a good point. Um, and another option is actually you can use it at the coffee station when you don't have money for a cappuccino. You just stand in the queue, and you go, come on, somebody. And someone's got to pay for you, because that's a rule, um, which is which is great. Um but a real privilege to be able to stand up here this morning. We're going to get stuck into part two of a series called The Gift. And this series is focusing on, on the Holy Spirit. It, and, and there are three kind of key words we've chosen to, to explore. The first one is the person of the Holy Spirit. The second one is the power of the Holy Spirit. And the third one is the pursuit of the Holy Spirit. And last week, we, uh, Mark and, and Gabe preached at Milneton in our evening meeting. They explored this, this concept of the person of the Holy Spirit. And now uh, Gabe made this incredible statement. He said, uh, during this series, and particularly last week, what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to take the fringe fanatics, those who are extremely passionate about the, the Holy Spirit in a certain form, which is often misunderstood, and those who are actually quite freaked out by the concept of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in old Pentecostal churches, they would call him the Holy Ghost, uh, and all the children would be petrified, and there would be five people in the front going, Amen! And, and that's kind of what it looked like in, the, in a, 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 a Pentecostal movement that potentially didn't display the Holy Spirit as it should. And, and so there's those. And then you get the people who actually this concept of a spirit, this concept is, is, it actually freaks people out. They actually don't know how to process it. But the reality is that the Holy Spirit is part of the triune God. There is the Father, there is Jesus, and there is the Holy Spirit. They are completely equal. They are separate in function, but one in person. And we have to have a good theology of the Holy Spirit. We, and when I say theology, I don't mean this very academic understanding. No, it very simply means we have to have an understanding of the Word of God around the Holy Spirit. Because in this Christian life, we cannot outwork our Christianity without a relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
It is in the Word. It is not something that I'm making up. It is in the Word of God. And so some key things that we brought out last week was, number one, He's a person, not a force. You know, so often uh, um, people will describe the Holy Spirit as this kind of force. It's almost like this wind that blows in when the keyboard is at the right key and oceans is being played. Then the wind comes in. And people process the Holy Spirit like that. And, and actually, no, we identify that He is a person. The Bible describes Him as a person. And, and with Him being a person, one, we understand that He's completely God. But He's also, in the same light as we have a personal relationship with Jesus... We are able to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's completely God, and His presence and His person was sent as a gift from the Father. In the beginning of Genesis, we read that actually it it speaks about how the Spirit hovered over the water. That is speaking about the Holy Spirit. It is the very Spirit of God. As God spoke, I can imagine as they work in unison, I can imagine as the Father spoke the words of creation, the Spirit began to work. He began to create. And actually in in Corinthians, it describes the Holy Spirit as the life giver. Describes Him as the life giver. He's the one who brings life to us. And so the reality is that we have to have a good understanding of the Spirit so that we can walk in relationship with the Spirit. Is that good? So today we are going to take a moment and we're actually going to explore what it means, what it means, what the power of the Holy Spirit means. Because actually this is such a key thing that is mentioned continuously in the Word of God. In the, the New Testament, it speaks repetitively about walking in the power of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. Um, and, and so this morning what I, I really want to kind of engage with is what it means to engage with and have the power of the Spirit present in us. Is that all right? So we're going to read Scripture together this morning. It'll be on the screen behind me. If you have your Bible with you, can I ask you to take it out? Um, If you have a smartphone with you, you can jump onto the Bible there. And if you have a notebook with you, please take it out. We want to engage with the Word, and we really want to enjoy His Word. And what I'm going to ask us to do, actually, is if we can stand, we're going to read this text together. It's Acts 1, verse 4 to verse 8. It'll be on the screen behind me. It goes like this. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. It's speaking about Jesus. He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord... Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? In their minds, they thought that restoration meant a new government or a new way of doing life. And this is Jesus' response. He said, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that as we engage your word this morning, Holy Spirit, as we speak about you, I pray that you would inhabit our praises this morning, Spirit of God. Thank you, Father, as we as we preach about you, as we hear the word spoken about you, I pray that the power of the Spirit would start to work in people right now, Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of God, that you have got purpose and plans and intentions with each and every person in this room. And so this morning, Spirit of God, I pray that you would work in us, that you would transform us, 
and that our ears would not simply be tickled, but our hearts would be transformed, God. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Please grab a seat. So when I first became a Christian, and I heard people speak about this Holy Spirit, it was, like I said, it was quite a challenge for me. I didn't grow up in church. I, I didn't completely understand the Holy Spirit and, and what it meant. And so I remember being in church, and I, I committed my life to Christ, and, and I had heard of this Holy Spirit, and I didn't quite understand how to engage with it. And, and I distinctly remember being on a youth camp, and it was a, a youth camp called Camp Rev, and there was a, uh, someone preaching, and they were preaching about Jesus and the Spirit of God. And what they did was they started to pray for people, for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And at that juncture, I didn't understand completely what that meant. And it was a little bit bewildering for me. So I remember standing in the meeting and everybody else lifted their hands like this. So I lifted my hands like this because everybody else was doing it. Amen. If the person next to you raises their hands high enough, there's almost a strange pressure. Okay, I will also do it. And I remember the person next to me, and I believe the Holy Spirit can fill us in many, many different ways. But I remember the person standing next to me just fell over. Now, if you are a Pentecostal preacher, you know that that is the power of God. But my first instinct was to check his pulse. Because I was like, oh, goodness. And then I I, I was, okay, maybe this isn't right. I still just bent down slowly. And then I got back up. I was like, okay. And it it was this engagement with something that I didn't completely understand. And so, so through community and through Delving into God's Word, I began began a journey of understanding what the Spirit means. And so, when Jesus speaks to His disciples, you can imagine them standing there and not completely understanding what He's meaning. When He says, actually, God knows what He's doing. That's basically what He's saying. God knows what He's doing. And He's going to send you power in the form of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't just say He's going to send you this gift. It says you are going to be baptized in the Spirit. And so we sometimes, I think, can reduce that to a moment, but actually it, it happens in a moment, but it also happens continuously. And what that word baptize means is it means to be completely consumed. It means to be filled from head to toe. I don't know about you, but when you dive into a pool, there is this, you are consumed with water. There's this beautiful picture that a theologian painted. He painted as, I don't know if you've ever been caught in a rainstorm where you're outside, you're on your way somewhere, and all of a sudden, it starts to bucket down. Every little bit of you gets sopping wet. Your, your bag, your clothes, your shoes, everything. That is the, that is the consuming of the Holy Spirit. And that is what Jesus is talking about when he says, being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And, and so as we explore this, We want to explore what it means to be baptized, to be consumed, to be filled completely with the Spirit of God. And so this morning, uh, in John 14, verse 16, Jesus says this. He says, I will send you another helper, and he will be with you forever. Because we understand that Jesus came, he died on the cross, he, he died on the cross, he was risen again, and he washed away our sin so we could have a relationship with the Father again. But we also understand that Jesus rose back to heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. But then he says, I'm going to send you another and he will be with you forever. And he's speaking about the Holy Spirit. And the word that is used when he speaks about the Holy Spirit is this word parakletos. 
And what that means is it's, it's not simply a term for a person, but it is one who comes alongside. And there is this image in kind of ancient Rome when they used to have these massive games and these men would do a hundred laps around the Colosseum and it was one of the most strenuous and difficult things. And that runner, that competitor had, had a parakletos. He had a person who when he was at his toughest would come and run next to him and go, 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 push, push, push. And all of a sudden there would be this energy and this life that would come. And, and that is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes alongside us is we start to live out this Christianity, this life with Christ, with power and intent. And there is movement and there is victory and there is life. That is what happens when the parakletos comes alongside us. And and so this morning, I kind of want to explore, well, okay, so Jesus sent us a helper. He said, you will be baptized with the Spirit. And he says, okay, he says these things, but that has to mean something for us. There has to be a practical outworking. And, and so what I'd love to do this morning is actually explore two things that I believe antithesize what it means to be baptized in the Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the first one I want to speak about this morning is anointing. And for many people, the word anointing, you might not have any clue what that means. That's totally okay. I'm going to explain it. For some of you, when you hear the word anointing, you think of uh, uh, the man with power for the hour. You know, if, if you've been in, in any level of church culture, you'll know that often this thing is celebrated where there's a preacher who walks into the room and he can heal people and he prays and he prophesies. But actually anointing, is reserved for each and every one of us. Anointing is designed by God for every believer. When the Bible speaks about anointing, it speaks about the saints. It's this moment because baptism of the Holy Spirit being consumed by the Spirit of God is for every single believer in Christ. Therefore, anointing is for every single. And, and so to break down the word anointing is very simply this. It is the supernatural empowerment of God. It is the supernatural empowerment of God. It is the very life of God, the God-given ability by Him to live like Christ. It is when the Spirit comes upon us, it is this, it's almost this releasing of power to outwork what God has called you to. And um, in, the, in, the, in Luke 14, verse 23, it's behind me, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. So what we learn in this text is, is when you have the Holy Spirit in you, there is anointing that goes alongside it. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So what is he saying here? He's saying, well, actually, the Spirit of God is on me, and so he has commissioned me to do some great things for God. He has commissioned me, number one, to proclaim the word. So there is anointing that comes on preachers, people who preach the word of God. But actually, there is anointing for every believer, what? To, to preach the gospel, to help those who need help, to declare God, to declare the good news over this nation. I love how Quinton spoke this morning, and he spoke about this word over Tableview. I want to say to you that you guys carry the word of God for Tableview. You drive up and down these roads every day. You engage with people every day. You're in the shopping centers. You're in the businesses. And actually, there is an anointing on you to, pro to proclaim God's favor over this place. When last did you walk into a spa and go, God, I pray you bless this business? Why? Because we need prosperity in this space. 
And guess what? God has given you the supernatural empowerment to see change happen in those spaces. That is what anointing is. I think it's such a powerful thing. Trying to be an impactful believer in Christ, devoid of the Spirit of God, is like a Lamborghini with no petrol in it. Yeah, everybody loves a Lamborghini. I don't know about you. I, you see them on the road. They're much, you, you wonder how they drive on South African roads because they're so low. But you see them parked in town next to a beautiful building and you're like, wow, wow. And you see it and it is this beautiful vehicle. It has got more power than you can imagine. It is magnificent. But can you imagine if the brother who owns that never put any petrol in it? Where is he going to go? He has to go to the same BP that we go to. And he has to put petrol in that vehicle. But the challenge is that so many of us, as a son or daughter of God, you have unimaginable potential. As a son or daughter of God, you have immense and immeasurable potential in God. He has got a future and a purpose for you that will blow even your mind. You cannot imagine the purposes that God has for you. But so many of us are the Lamborghini parked in the garage. And every Sunday we get it buffed and we get it cleaned. And every couple of months, we buy a, a kind of, we join a new life group. So, you know, we buy a new set of seat covers just to make sure it's very pretty. And we go to a Bible study class and we learn more things. And so we learn how all the electronics work on the Lamborghini. And 10, 15 years later, we're standing there and we know exactly how this car works. I know how it works. I could tell you anything about this car. But it has never been let out on the open road. Why? Because we haven't let the Spirit permeate us. Because when the Spirit permeates us, there is this desire and inclination to declare Jesus. That is what it looks like. It looks like this, this thing that has immense power being fueled by the Spirit of God to do what it was created to do. If you are living a life where you say, I know God, but I feel like my potential is not being reached. I would ask you, are you engaging with the person of the Holy Spirit? Because He empowers us for so much more. We spend so much of our time dressing it up rather than using what we have been created for. God responds to your obedience, not your intentions. Gabe said this line in a previous series, but it stuck with me because actually when we are, are, are obedient to the Spirit of God, when we allow the Spirit of God to permeate us and we let that obedience and that stepping out flow, it gives space for the Holy Spirit to work through us. You know, so many um, people, and, and I believe this is a reality in my own life, I'm the first one to say this, but so often I'll go, God, I need more of your presence. And there was a moment where I felt God say, why? Why? And actually, when, when we cry out for more of the Holy Spirit, it needs to be because we desire to do more for the Spirit and with the Spirit. Now, that is not a works reality. I love how Candace spoke this morning about how actually we rest in God. But as we rest in God, He gives us supernatural, empowering, anointing to do what He has called us to do. The anointing of God is personal to each and every one of us. So often we, we can process that sort of thing because we see preachers or we see church. We process it as that is what it looks like. But I want to say to you this morning, sir or ma'am, if you are an accountant in this room, God has got an anointing for you in the space that you are in. If you are a teacher in this room, God has got an anointing for you in that space. If you are a mother in this room, God has got an anointing for you in that space. It is personal to each and every one of us. Stop chasing what somebody else is designed to do. 
and let God work in you. Let the Spirit of God use you the way He designed you. I think it's such a key point for us because I think so many of us pursue what is actually not the call of God on our lives. And actually, when we understand, okay, God, that's what you've got for me, then we pray for the empowering of the Spirit for that thing, and we chase after that thing, and we see God move powerfully. I love it. I've got a, I'll get to that story in a moment, but number one is anointing, and then number two is authority. So God, the empowering of the Spirit means two things. It means anointing, so it is the supernatural empowerment of God, and then secondly, there is this reality called anointing. And anointing is very simply this in Mark 1.22. It says the people were amazed at his teachings because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. You see, there is a difference between an ability to do something and the authority to do that thing. When I was 14 years old, because my mom was a single mom, she taught me how to drive. Taught me how to drive in case of an emergency. I knew how to drive. But did I have a driver's license? No. So I had the ability, but I did not have the authority. And actually, when we walk in step and with the Spirit and in relationship with the person of the Spirit, not only do we have the anointing of God, the supernatural empowerment of God, we have the authority of heaven. And so what does that mean? That is God's yes on the call on your life. It is, okay, I've designed you for this. I've empowered you for this as you allow the Spirit to to completely consume you. And now I give you the yes to walk into that space. You see, the amazing thing about kingdom authority is, number one, it is always given. It is never taken. You see, we don't take authority from God. He gives us authority in Christ. When we submit ourselves to the Word of God, when we allow the Spirit of God to work in us and transform us and change us and make us more like Christ, we step into greater authority. He gives us greater authority. I'll never forget this reality of being in grade six, and and I was the kind of guy who always wanted to tell everyone what to do. That just was how I was. So I would walk up to people and go, stop doing that. You need to go over there. You need to do this. And no one ever listened to me. I didn't understand why. And then I remember in grade seven, we had a, a, a ceremony at school, and I got given a prefect badge. And all of a sudden, people listened to me. You know, I've got the power. It's like that moment. And you, can you actually just do that? And they do it. It's this incredible thing. But very quickly, I had to learn that there has to come growth with authority. And so, and, and so I stepped into this thing, but then I realized, oh, wow, there is responsibility that comes with my authority. And so God often has to work in us and make us more like Christ before he can give us the authority that he has designed for us. You see, if I was 16 years old and I got up in this pulpit and preached to you, it would be very different for today than it would be today. And my heart and my trust is that in 15 years' time, if I got into this pulpit again, God would have given me more authority because I chose to submit to his word. And he transformed me. And that is the same thing for each and every one of us. In your business place, in your family, there is authority that comes when we submit ourselves to the Word of God. And we allow the Spirit to work in us. Number one, it is always given, it is never taken. It is always to advance the kingdom of God. Kingdom authority is there for us to advance the kingdom of God. Now, I don't mean getting more bums and seats on a Sunday. I mean seeing people's lives transformed because of the power of Jesus Christ. That is what kingdom advancement looks like. 
And so when you are, whatever it might look like for you day to day, when you walk into a government post in the city, when you walk into your school, into your business, into whatever it may be, actually God has given you anointing, supernatural empowerment, and authority to transform that space. In Ephesians 2, it says this, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. You see, the key thing about our authority in Christ is that he has all authority, which means the authority that he gives us is higher than any authority in this world. But so often we allow the the things of the world, these things that so quickly grip us to steal our authority. But actually, no, we have to go, actually, I'm filled with the Spirit. God has given me authority. I'm going to walk into what he has for me. We have great authority because we are under great authority. And so you might be saying to me this morning, well, okay, that's amazing. I've got authority and I've got anointing. That's awesome. But what is it for exactly? What is the the what? And so this morning I'm speaking about being empowered for a purpose. Because I believe that the empowering of God always comes with purpose. God is not a God of, oh, I simply give just for giving's sake. Actually, there is always a kingdom agenda in mind when God gives. Sometimes it is very simply to show a son or daughter that they are a son or daughter. You know, sometimes when you are blessed and you're like, or someone gives you a gift and you're like, wow, that is incredible. There is this sense of identity that comes because the Father has given you a gift. But I believe that the empowering of the Spirit comes with a purpose that God has got for us. And I love in that scripture where he says this. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I know sometimes our circumstances feel like the ends of the earth. It feels like we're right on the edge of the world, and we don't know where to go, and we don't know what the next step is. But actually, who knows that whatever your circumstances are, God has sent you into that space. I think so many of us sit and engage, and we go, well, what does it look like for me? And actually, this is too tough. No, sometimes the toughest spaces... God has given you the anointing and the authority to engage in that end of the world space. And we've got to believe that so that we can start to walk in it. I believe there are two spaces and two ways in which we, filled with the Spirit, walk in the purposes of God. The first way is to be ambassadors of Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I had to go and Google ambassadors because I needed to understand what ambassadors meant. And an ambassador is very simply this. It is a representative. An ambassador is one who represents something. If you are the ambassador of South Africa, it means that you are in a different place and you represent our country. You are the representative of South Africa, of what it means to be South African. And so in the same light, the Holy Spirit empowers us to represent the Father and Jesus. To represent Christ in this world. But we cannot represent Christ well unless we are empowered by the Spirit. You see, in order to live like Christ, we need the power of Christ. And very and, and so often Christianity and Christians will place on people this, this, you need to live like this. Or you need to act like this. Or this is the way you should live. But actually that person cannot live like Christ without the power of Christ. To live like that. And that is why salvation is such a key thing. Is to walk into in the life of God, we need the empowering of His Spirit. 
And when we have the empowering of the Spirit, we are able to be ambassadors, representatives of the King and His kingdom. And so what that looks like is actually when we live our daily lives empowered and anointed by the Holy Spirit and live like Christ, people start to look at us and they see the gospel. They see the gospel. When we are empowered by the Spirit of God to live like Jesus, to obey His commandments, why? Because we love Him. There is a sense of people being able to see Christ. Because the reality is if you have Christ in you and you choose to pursue living a Christ-like life, it looks different to the world that we live in. And so automatically people engage with it. And often their response might not be positive at that moment. And the Bible tells us that. But actually people see Jesus in you. And so when we allow the Spirit to fill us, we are able to live lives that look like Christ. What does that look like? Well, it looks like in your workplace, looking like Jesus. It looks like in your schools, looking like Jesus. It looks like in your friendship circles, looking like Jesus. You know, often we we can be friends with people who don't know God, but we have to choose to engage them in a way that God would. Even though, and, and I am an advocate, and I believe wholeheartedly that we should be in friendship circles who are not believers in Christ. Why? Because we want to see God transform lives. But we have to choose to engage those people as Christ would. With love, with compassion, but holding fast to what it means to be Christ-like. Why? Because then they see something that is totally different. And the gospel is advanced through that. Number one, we are ambassadors. We are representatives of Christ. And number two, as that scripture said, the Spirit empowers us to be witnesses for Christ. Now you see, when we are ambassadors, it is, a, it is a allowing the Spirit to work in us. It is almost this, I pursue God, and almost there is this passive reality of people see me, and they see Christ. That is what an ambassador looks like. But a witness is an active role. It is a choosing to be a witness. It is a doing word. And so when we are witnesses to Christ, God gives us the anointing and the authority to share the gospel with those who do not know God. He gives us the ability and authority to give what God has given us to other people. And so what we end up doing is we walk in the power of God and we are able to witness who Christ is to those who don't know God. And so what we do is actually when the Spirit comes on us and He fills us, and we choose to take steps of faith, God uses us in spaces. So often the power of God is isolated to this man with power for the hour, but actually each and every one of us need to walk in power so that we can see people's lives changed and society impacted. See, you are designed and anointed by God to impact this city. It is not simply a me reality. It is an us reality impacting the city that we live in. We are God's A plan for Tableview. We are God's A plan for Cape Town. We are God's A plan for each and every business that you work in on a Monday to Friday. But we have to engage with the word and go, okay, God, you've called me to be a witness. The power of the spirit means that I can witness in my business. I can run a business the way God intends. You know that the way that a Christian runs a business and the way that a non-believer runs a business should look different. There should be a reality of walking in the Spirit and choosing to do things differently. Actually, you can share your faith with a colleague. Why? Because the empowering of the Spirit 
gives you the ability to be a witness for Christ. And so you know that moment where you go, I really, and I, what I'm not saying is go in every morning and shouting the name of Jesus and praying for people. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is living with your ears open to what the Spirit is saying and taking the opportunities. You know that moment when you're sitting with someone and they're telling you about their challenges and your heart starts to beat really quickly and you start to sweat? That's the Holy Spirit. I know. It's crazy. But actually, that is so often the Holy Spirit prompting you to take a moment to share who Jesus is. Because if we believe that Jesus is the hope of the world, then then he is the only solution we can present for every problem. So often we try to fix problems, but actually if we believe wholeheartedly that Jesus is the hope of the world, he is the only solution that we can present to people's problems. And sometimes it might look like you're rocking up at someone door, uh, someone's door who's struggling financially and giving them a, a, a package of food. Sometimes it might look like you're sitting with someone and praying with, with them. Sometimes it might look like you're offering to look after someone's children because they haven't had a date night in six years. I don't know what it looks like, but God wants to use us to impact people's lives. I can be an extraordinary father to my children. I can be an exceptional wife to my husband or husband to my wife. I can be a brilliant teacher that impacts the world for good. I can be a doctor that brings reform in our medical system. I can be so many different things. Why? Because I have the empowering and the life of Jesus in me. And I think so often we wait for the one day when. One day when I'm there... I can impact people for God. I've got, we've got an amazing young guy. His name's Gerard. He's actually staying with us at the moment. He's part of our church. He comes in the evening. He's helping set up in Milnerton this morning. But he passionately loves Jesus. And he became part of our life group, and he kind of got stuck into our home group, and we got to know him a little bit. And, and actually, he is a, a waiter at a, at a restaurant called Balducci's in the city. And actually, that is not his dream job. It is not the job that he desires. Actually, he's pursuing a modeling career. He wants to impact that industry for God. And he's a very good-looking man, very chiseled chin. And it's quite unbelievable. You should look at it someday. But, um, but also massive calves, but that's a different conversation. But, um, but actually, he's this man who has a desire to be something, but he is a waiter at Balducci's in the city Monday to Friday as he pursues that dream. But you know what's incredible is he was chatting me to me the other day, and he's not the kind of guy who will, who will boast or tell you about himself. But he, he just made this statement. He said, someone came up to me the other day, and they actually said to me that this place is different since you've been working here. They said to him, the atmosphere is different. People are friendlier. The managers deal with us better. There's a sense of family. Like just there has been a change in the atmosphere since he has started working in that space. But you know what the reality is? That isn't his dream job. That isn't the one day win. But he has chosen to impact now in the space that he is in. There is a young 18-year-old girl who fell pregnant, who works there. They didn't plan to fall pregnant. And you know who's the first guy helping her? is Gerard. You know who's the first guy who took her a pack of nappies for when the baby's born? Gerard. You know who's the first guy who was praying with her when they were going through a tough time? Gerard. You know, he's the first guy who's offered to be there when the baby's born so that he can help with stuff. Gerard. Why? Because he wants to impact her life for Jesus. Number one, he's been an ambassador. He's represented Christ. And because he has represented Christ, the atmosphere has changed. And number two, he is being a witness. He is actively pursuing sharing the gospel with that person. That is what it looks like to be empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit. 
It is such an incredible story. And actually, you might be saying, well, that's all amazing. I want to be filled with the Spirit. Number one, being filled with the Spirit is not a one-time thing. It is an ongoing encountering Jesus and the Holy Spirit. There are moments where we have incredible, big, suddenly encounters with the Spirit of God. And then there are daily infillings of the Spirit. There is a daily going to the Word and going, Holy Spirit, will you fill me? Holy Spirit, will you work in me? Holy Spirit, will you transform me? It comes from an intimacy with Jesus. If you want to pursue a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, pursue intimacy with Christ and devotion to His Word. If you devote yourself to His Word, there is a natural infilling. Sometimes I'll read the Bible and I'll read 10 pages of the Bible and I will get nothing out of it. I'll read it and I'll be like, I'm not even sure what I read. But I can feel the Spirit of God in me. I can feel the sense of, wow, the presence of God is with me. I don't actually know what I read about, but I can feel the Spirit working. And so when we engage with His Word, and then there are moments where we'll read one Scripture, and God will explode that in our hearts, and He will use it to transform us. I believe that God wants to do that in each and every life here this morning. In that Scripture, in Acts 1 verse 7, 8, it says, But you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. Are you available to the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to let Him transform you and consume you the way Jesus describes? Do you have a thirst for the Spirit? The Bible speaks about a thirst for the Spirit. A desire to see the Spirit fill you. Do you have a hunger for the Spirit? You know, when we are naturally hungry, it's the only thing we think about. When I'm hungry, it's, I'm, I, if I don't eat now, I'm going to die. That is the kind of attitude that we live with when we're hungry, particularly when you are younger. But there's this reality of like, if I don't get food now, it's over. That is how we treat natural food. How should we treat the Spirit of God? I need more of you, presence of God. I am the first one to say that I do not hunger for the Spirit the way that I should. But I have a desire to hunger for Him more. I have a desire to thirst for the Spirit more. You know, when you are thirsty and you've been going a whole day and you haven't drank a drop of water, you know that moment when you drink that glass of water, that satisfaction, that is what it feels like when we thirst for the Spirit and He fills us. There is satisfaction, there is life, there is peace, there is joy, there is this radical ability to live a life for Christ. And so this morning, as we engage with God's Word, my prayers, as we've explored these realities of anointing and authority, as we've explored how that outworks, as we, as we are ambassadors for Christ and witnesses for Christ, I pray that primarily we would leave this place with a desire and a hunger and a thirst for the Spirit of God. And you know, you can, you can be filled with the, the Holy Spirit in a meeting like this at church. You can be filled with the, with the Holy Spirit in your bedroom at home. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit in your office at work. All it takes is a constant hunger and thirst for Jesus.